This is the Affirm America podcast, where we stand up and speak out affirming American excellence. Coming to you deep in the heart of the Midwest, located in an undisclosed log cabin on the outskirts of town, your host, Marquis Vandemark. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Affirm America podcast on this Monday morning, the 12th day of December 2022. Hope you're having a great start to the new week as we approach the end of this year, 2022. Thanks for joining us on the Affirm America podcast. I'm your host, Marquise Vandemark. I got a little bit of clouds out there this morning. It's in the uh, upper 30s, going to get a top out around 43 or so today. We're not complaining. There's no white stuff on the ground. So as long as it's dry, we love it. All right. These are your top five headlines for this Monday morning. Let's start off with uh, headline number five. Twitter file leak exposes former head of trust and safety to be a dubious individual. From the Daily Caller, Twitter's former head of trust and safety, Yoel Roth, had weekly meetings with the FBI Department of Homeland Security, DHS, in the Office of the Director of National Intelligence, DNI, at least as far back as 2020, when former President Donald Trump was still in office. Internal communications between Twitter staff obtained by journalist Matt Taibbi Friday reveal. Matt Taibbi. After J6, internal slacks show Twitter executive getting a kick out of intensified relationships with federal agencies. Here's trust and safety head Yoel Roth lamenting a lack of generic enough calendar descriptions to concealing his very interesting meeting partners. Post-millennial, former head of Twitter, trust and safety Yoel Roth tweeted out a link in 2010 to a Salon article titled, Student Teacher Sex, When Is It Okay? Jack Posobiec, the head of Twitter Trust and Safety, and now we know why child abuse was not taken seriously. Okay, so all these files are starting to drop now from Elon Musk on the Twitter back office, and we're starting to see the exposure and the influence of the FBI, the DNS, the DNI, all these agencies censoring speech, putting Donald Trump in a shadow box, not allowing for his messages to get out, and a lot of other conservatives as well, including uh, Republicans and a number of people we've heard stories about. So more and more of this will begin to come out, and we'll be able to see how deep the rabbit hole goes. And I'm sure it's probably going to end up in the White House, in the Biden administration. And this is where we start to cross the line between government and the public sector, and the influence that government has, that, I think, is going to create a constitutional crisis. So we'll see. Every day something new drops. More and more we're beginning to see how connected they are. This recent drop of this tranche of uh, information coming from Twitter, connecting FBI, DNS, and the DNI is very shocking. All right, headline number four. Senator Kristen Sinema's party switch lands her in a difficult spot for 2024. Fox News Independent Arizona Senator Kristen Sinema's departure from the Democratic Party on Friday raises questions concerning the future of her pivotal Senate seat in the body's already slim margin between Democrats and Republicans. Arizona law will not allow her to run as a candidate of a particular political party if she is an independent. 
Therefore, she would likely be forced to run in a 2024 general election against a future Democratic and Republican nominee if she seeks re-election to win a second term. Washington Times, the 46-year-old dropped the bombshell roughly a year after activists chased her into a bathroom stall and bird-dogged her at a wedding she officiated, prompting the mother of the bride to plead with the small but vocal group of protesters not to spoil the ceremony. Miss Cinema made it clear she is sick of that sort of tribalism. All right, so that was an interesting turn of events on Friday when uh, Kristen Cinema came out and walked away from the Democratic Party, similar to Gabbard, who also did the same thing, actually just leaving the, the Democratic Party altogether. And now we're seeing another uh, Democrat running away from their party because they've gone so far to the left, so obvious. Their wacky ideas of wokeism and transgenderism and LGBTQ plus, 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 whatever other numbers they have, keep continue to add on to it, the drag queen story hour in the libraries, all these things embraced by the far left Democratic Party. It's getting to a point where we can't even see the difference between right and wrong on the Democratic side. And the Republicans, some of them are, you know, are going along with it, so they're to blame also as well, but certainly coming uh, and originating from the Democrats' far left flank. So uh, Kristen Sinema, now independent. We'll see where that leads to. She's got a lot of power now, just like Joe Manchin had temporarily until he got rolled by his party. And we'll see how far Kristen Sinema hangs out with the Democrats in their caucuses. She may decide that caucusing with the Democrats may not be the best idea. All right, headline number three. Representative Sheila Jackson Lee, his weapons might have been used to kill Americans, but he has not killed Americans. Fox News, Representative Sheila Jackson Lee, Democrat from Texas, defended President Biden's decision to swap notorious Russian arms dealer Victor Bout for WNBA player Brittany Griner, claiming the merchant of death never actually killed any Americans himself. The congresswoman appeared on MSNBC's The Readout, on Friday to discuss the exchange, which has been criticized by Republicans and Justice Department figures as a poor deal. The criticism are over concerns that Bout's release could threaten the safety of the United States. From the RNC research, Democrat Representative Sheila Jackson Lee on Russian arms dealer Victor Bout. In actuality, his weapons might have been used to kill Americans, but he has not killed Americans. Well, that just about says everything... Sheila Jackson Lee is not exactly the smartest tool in the shed. Her mincing of words is so uh, obviously biased. She's happy that an African-American gay woman was released for a a deadly arms dealer, Victor Bout. Democrats, one thing will say for them, they do stick by their party affiliation, and they check off all the boxes that make them seem as though they're righteous in who they are choose and who they pick, but the fact of the matter is is that Victor Bout, in exchange for Griner, was a terrible deal, and that's not just the Republicans. The the Democrats are also uh, making statements that it was a terrible deal. You got a Marine patriot, been in jail for four years, and you traded a deadly death merchant for a WNBA basketball player that hates America. She's spoken uh, on a number of occasions how, how much she hates this country. 
and yet a Marine rots in a Russian prison, if that doesn't say enough right there, then check your pulse because you're probably not an American. All right, headline number two. Canadian gets approval from doctor for euthanasia due to being poor. From the Daily Mail, a Canadian pensioner seeking euthanasia because he fears homelessness has received approval from a doctor despite admitting poverty is a major factor in a decision to end his own life. Les Laundrie, 65, told assessors for the procedure he doesn't want to die but has applied for medical assistance in dying because he can't afford to live comfortably. Astonishingly, a doctor has given one of the two signatures required for Landry to end his own life, despite knowing that financial hardship, not illness, is a leading reason for the profound decision. From the National Review, note that this is allowed in U.S. assisted suicide laws, too. In fact, many assisted suicides are facilitated by doctors who have not treated the patient and only meet them briefly for the purpose of obtaining the lethal prescription. These days, assisted suicide can even be obtained in a Zoom call. All right, well, uh, that just shows you how far our morality has really slipped and slided down the hill of common sense. I mean, where someone is obviously depressed in a situation where he's homeless and can't afford to live comfortably, yet the doctors are happy to sign off on euthanasia to allow for him to off himself. It's a pretty pretty sad situation, and uh, it's not just uh, Canada, but it is here in the U.S., it looks like, and the laws, and unfortunately, that uh, individual feel sorry for him, that he feels that desperate, that just because he's poor and living uncomfortably, feels like he has to end his life. So this is a moral and a spiritual problem that we have in our country. This is the result of secular humanism, secular viewpoints, taking God out of the factor, realizing that all happiness and truth comes from your relationship with the Creator. God is a parent to His children. That's where you find true happiness in your marriage, between your spouse and your family. And when those things break down, when people feel alienated like this, they have no support, then they want to end their life. And unfortunately, the secular world says, yes, if that's what you want to do, then by all means, go at it. Very, very sad. All right, headline number one. Court rules healthcare providers cannot be forced to perform gender transition surgeries. The Biden administration can appeal the decision. From Reuters, the Biden administration cannot force a group of Catholic healthcare providers and professionals to perform gender transition surgeries under an Obama era regulation barring sex discrimination in healthcare, a U.S. appeals court ruled on Friday. A unanimous three-judge panel of the 8th U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals agreed with a North Dakota federal judge who said the U.S. Health and Human Services rule infringes on the religious freedoms of the plaintiffs, including a group of nuns who run health clinics for the poor and an association of Catholic health care professionals. From the Catholic News Agency, the federal government has no business forcing doctors to violate their consciences or perform controversial procedures that could permanently harm their patients. Luke Goodrich, Vice President and Senior Counsel at Beckett Legal Group. All right, so uh, ah, that's a good uh, good thing. That's, I'm glad that they can uphold people's religious values and viewpoints over these completely far-left ideas of gender transition surgeries, which have 
destroyed many lives. If you've heard the testimonies from, the, from those that have had this type of surgery, as they get older, they regret it. They're suicidal. I mean, they, it doesn't solve anything. It's, it's a mental illness, dystopia. And unfortunately, uh, there's uh, these doctors and these medical professionals that are willing to follow through on these uh, very, very controversial procedures. And the fact that these Catholic health care providers were given the opportunity to reject those types of surgical procedures is a good thing. And I hope there's more of it. And I hope it moves into the secular health care profession as well because it's, an absurd, it's a very much an absurd idea. All right, those are your top five headlines for this Monday morning on the 12th day of December, 12-12-2022. Thanks for joining us on the Affirm America podcast. Hope you have a great start to your new week here, and we'll see you tomorrow. God bless you. See you then. This is the Affirm America podcast with your host, Marquis Vandemark. And let's never forget, America is great, and we affirm it. 